This is Hindsight 2020, this one post-NFL Week 5, recording early here on Monday morning. The wife and I getting ready to spend the day at Epcot, and why not? Got extra cash in hand after a big, big Sunday, won a bunch of straight bets, 4-1 in in the contest, sometimes you just see the ball good during the week, Mike and I did, and you just roll, so let's go through the games. Uh, Let's start out where we got it wrong. It was 4-1, and so there was a doozy in there. It was the New York Giants. Uh, They were the ugly Betty. I could sit here and curse and talk about how stupid we are and know that, you know, we're idiots. They were going to get blown out. I actually thought the Giants were competitive in the game. This did not look like a team that just completely laid down. Um, But this was one of those games where I would rather have not watched it just plugged my nose, placed the pick, and then gone somewhere else where my eyeballs wouldn't hurt as much as I watched the Giants try to accumulate yards. At one point, Mike tried to high-five me when they had the 102-yard interception return for a touchdown, and normally I'd be all about it. That's something that makes your play live, but it just felt the whole time that we were just going to be struggling and we really weren't going to be close. That it was a dam that was holding that eventually Tyreek Hill would break. And he did. The Dolphins ran away with it. I'll say this. This line screamed up. It, the look ahead was 9.5. It opened around 10.5. And closed around 12 and a half, 13. So if you're just playing the numbers, uh, it did seem like we were getting a good number on the game. However, you got to consider what's moving the number. It's action coming in on Miami, an action that the books probably res- respected in a way. So, one thing we can maybe look at in the future with these ugly Bettys, if the line starts going down, you know at least you're on the side of the wise guys. I think we sometimes take ugly teams that are just ugly, and the Sharps are actually laying the lumber with the favorites. So, it might be a way that we can can, can consider getting off the Giants because they have a bunch of ugly games coming up. And I don't know how many of them we want to be involved in. This is supposed to be fun after all. Uh, they were the ugliest pick on the board. Uh, and the results finished that way with the Giants. Okay, we got lucky on one because we had the Houston Texans. Uh, I guess the category ended up being Game of Falcon, where Mike and I, if we bet on a Falcons game and you go the other way, you have a profitability of like 90% going back to the Obama administration. We, We just can't pick Falcons games right. And frankly, We took on Thursday, Houston plus one and a half would have been a loser. So we got to own up to that. It wasn't enough points. I I bring this up because sometimes we dismiss uh, getting points under a field goal. The value of plus two and a half versus two versus one and a half. 
These numbers, they're rarely key numbers, but they do come into play. So fortunately for us, even though we picked Houston plus one and a half incorrectly on Thursday, the line moved to Houston plus two and a half. I guess when you're playing the Super Contest and you can change your picks, including you can keep the same pick, but if a better number comes about, you can grab it. It pays to be actively checking the lines, updating yourself, recognizing when lines move that you need to jump on. Fortunately, procedurally, I was on this. I got us to the two and a half, and we ended up pulling out a winner. But when we handicapped this on Thursday, we were good with the plus one and a half, and that was our bad. That was wrong on us. But procedurally, the market moved enough and we got ourselves a win landing on the two and a half. Uh, I had a false finish uh, Kansas City Chiefs pick and Mike was on board going against Cousins at his uncomfortable four o'clock spot. I got to tell you folks, the Vikings, they just look sloppy. And I'm not saying this was a dominant performance by the Chiefs. But Chiefs running backs are involved with the offensive plan. This defensive front gets a lot of pressure. Kansas City is one of is becoming a team that I think is more well-rounded. Less flashy, but more well-rounded. And that's dangerous to everyone involved. Look, here's the deal with the Chiefs. They disappoint often as big favorites. But this line got all the way down to three. Now, I know, again, that means the market, the sharp money was moving on Minnesota. But this is one of those ones where don't outthink the room. You don't want to lay the Chiefs as a big favorite. But this sucker got all the way down to three. I made a cash play on it. We played it at three and a half in the contest. It really wasn't in doubt. There were times where it looked like Minnesota could get back in the game, but I thought it was kind of obvious the entire game. Cousins knew he was the second best quarterback on the field, and when you get him uncomfortable, he's just not making the same plays he does that good old one o'clock Kurt playing against inferior competition does. Chiefs minus three and a half uh, ended up being a good pick for us. A circle the wagons, media blitz, division sandwich, whatever you want to call it. Mike and I were sitting on the island enjoying a bangle sandwich because nobody wanted anything to do with Cincinnati. And we just saw the writing on the wall. The line had gone too far. The look ahead line in the bangle cardinal game was seven. Got all the way down to three. I guess you could have argued that this was a trap, but we could explain the move. Arizona has played much better than expected. People thought they'd be the worst team in the NFL. And Cincinnati with the Joe Burrow injury and losing Jesse Bates on defense and reshuffling the offensive line, things have taken time. They haven't been getting Jamar Chase involved in the game. I think you would say he was involved yesterday. Cincinnati, that ultimately should be called a circle the wagons game. I think I nailed the category because that's exactly what they did. 
It's one of those games, and I'm, I'm so glad Mike and I were both on the same page, had the same foresight. You just saw a Cincinnati team that everyone was dismissing, and the way the work the NFL works is when you have these really good, talented teams that everybody leaves for dead in early October, they have a second life. We saw it from Cincinnati yesterday. They looked really good. They looked really focused. Looked like Burrow was making a point getting the ball to his playmaker, Jamal Chase. No T. Higgins, no problem. I'll still say this about Arizona. They're a scrappy team. They put up a fight. Uh, The score won't indicate how hard they played in that game. Cincinnati was just a team ultra-focused and just really put it to the Cardinals. But they played tough the whole time. I Don't sell off your Arizona Cardinals stock. They haven't covered the last two weeks, but they're still a scrappy dog going forward. But me and Mike, it's, it feels so good. Both played it for cash. I think we both played it in our individual contests as well. Uh, we were all over the place with the Tiger Stripes there, the Bengal Stripes, and it paid off for a Cincinnati minus three. All right, lastly was the New York Jets and... I don't know what to say about this one. I thought Denver uh, absolutely played an admirable game here. Um, I thought both teams were fully engaged, but I think we kind of nailed this one. At the end of the day, the Jets were able to run the ball. It, It eased the burden on Zach Wilson. The game wasn't all on him. And when it came to making big plays on the defensive side, uh, it was the Jets. Um, Look, we were were not solid on this one. I don't think either of us were necessarily making this a huge cash play. But part of the beauty about what Mike and I do on Thursday's show is we sometimes just look for games we're in sabbatico on. You know, we're just looking for places where we both kind of are seeing things the same way. We're not dwelling. We're not pouring over statistics. Yes, you should weigh both sides of the argument. I think we did that in the Denver game, and we just decided to pull the trigger in real time on the Jets. Was it some kind of genius play? No. But sometimes you just got to trust your gut. And we were having a, we were putting together a good grouping of games that day. It's hard to have a fifth good pick. You're not going to get to your fifth handicap and it be some really well rounded, solid, you know, dead on the money pick. You're going to have to just kind of trust how you're seeing the ball, how you're picking off the board. And I think that was just a case of after me and Mike worked through the board, we knew what games we were in disagreement on, we knew where we had to find some agreement, and then we just kind of had to rally around that pick. That's what we did with the Jets, that's what the Jets did yesterday in Mile High, a big game for them, big week for us, 4-1 and one in the contest, that is 16-9 and nine on the season. I'm feeling really good about our position going forward. Again, you're catching this a little early, so we still have Monday Night Football tonight. 
Um, I'll tell you, no, no contest action in this one. Uh, but I do like the Raiders with a healthy Jimmy G. We'll talk about that and all the other games for week six coming up on Thursday. Good luck to you and happy betting.